0: Everybody, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. On this episode, we continue our masterclass about presentation skills, and this is week two of a two part series on how to design a talk to inform your audience. Here, I'm going to cover how to design an entire presentation from scratch. Last week, we covered how many bullet points that you should create for your presentation, and really the answer to that question depends on the type of presentation that you're delivering. So we continue on that conversation as well as show you how to take a very simple outline that we're creating and turn that into a fantastic really meaningful, lots of content presentation. So we go through all of that on this episode. By the way, I created a free downloadable guide for you. Just go to fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide. To access it and if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast make sure and do that also rate us on the podcast you know wherever you download this podcast make sure and kind of leave us a review give us a rating on there we really appreciate those also we've got a number of our in-person classes coming up in the next really like six to eight weeks or so we've got classes in philadelphia miami atlanta Denver, Washington, D.C., Houston, Phoenix, Charlotte. We've also added in the last few weeks, we've added some classes in California, L.A., and the Bay Area. Uh, So basically, if you're interested in attending any of those classes, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com because because we're doing so few classes at the moment, they're filling up very, very quickly. Um, And by the way, if, if you've been enjoying the master class, One of the cool things about going to the in-person class is that you get all of that content in a more condensed format. So basically two days, we go from about nine o'clock in the morning until four in the afternoon. So they're not extremely long days, but we cover a lot of material and get you lots of practice in in those two days. So if you're interested in in attending any of those classes, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, let's get on with the continuation of this session of the masterclass. So unless you can hone your talk down to just a few key points, your audience is really going to have a tough time retaining your information. Um, By the way, it's okay to give additional information outside of the three points or four points, five points, whatever it is that you choose to deliver, however many bullet points you choose to deliver in your presentation. But The more information outside the scope of those main points, the more diluted your entire message will be. So just really be careful. So at this point, one of the major questions that people have is how many bullet points are ideal in a given presentation? And the answer to that question is, well, it really depends on the purpose of your presentation. By the way, I suggest that you deliver between a single bullet point. It's rare, but... In some situations, in certain types of speeches, it's very, very effective, up to a max of about five bullet points. And I'm sure some of you, at that point, when I said five bullet points, you might have done a spit take if you were drinking something, right? The reason why is go what? What? How few? What? Five? How is that possible? We're going to show you how to take three points, four points, five points, make them really, really compelling and actually show you that that's what most professional speakers do. You just don't realize it because you're not seeing the structure behind. So when you want to design a a presentation, picture the structure of that presentation, like putting together one of the storage cabinets that you get from like Ikea or, or Walmart or something like that, Home Depot. If you picture one of these, these standalone units with the double doors and adjustable shelves on the inside, the cabinet itself would be the presentation in, the, in this analogy. The shelves inside the cabinet are going to represent the main items the bullet points that you're going to cover. and um, And the interesting things that you will actually put on the shelves, the things that people are actually looking at, that's what we call our impact ideas, which we'll cover in the next lesson. So these are the presentation enhancers that, you, that we use to reinforce each of the bullet points. So these put together storage cabinets can actually come with several adjustable shelves. Typically, it's like two or three, right? And technically, you could cram more than two or three shelves into the cabinet. <laughs> you can put five, you can put 10, you can put 15. However, every time you add a new shelf, the storage space per shelf gets smaller. So basically, going, if you create the image in your head, if you put a single shelf in the middle, basically, you've split that storage container into two parts, and you're going to be able to have some pretty spacious areas to, to put things. So you can put lots of tall things in there, right? Um, however, if you put a second shelf in there, now all of a sudden, it's the, the entire storage area is now cut into three parts. And so you've got a, a, a third of the space available on each shelf. You had a fourth one, the space gets smaller, you had a fifth one, the, the space gets smaller. So the problem that a lot of presenters have when they're making their presentation is they they think that people buy the cabinet to look at the shelves, right? You know, basically in our head, we think, man, if I've got a lot of bullet points and my presentation, is going to get better. That's like saying, man, the more shelves that I have, the better the cabinet is. Who cares if you can actually store anything in that cabinet, right? So the presentation cabinet that we teach in the Fearless Presentations class is called the three-point talk. It's a very flexible structure that can easily be adjusted based on the, the purpose of the presentation. And in class, a lot of times we focus on designing presentations around the three most important points, the, the bullet points. The reason why is that three points provides the most balance between solid content and entertainment. So if you have too many bullet points in your presentation it will typically be more boring and it's gonna be hard to deliver and retain. On the other hand, if you design presentations with too few points, then the content is going to seem kind of fluffy. It's going to seem kind of vague. So um, there are presentations, though, that that can have either fewer or more than three bullet points. They can have one, they can have two, they can have 15, 20, whatever. It's just that a major portion of the types of presentations that people present in the business world tend to fall into a three-point talk or a four-point talk or a five-point talk. So that's kind of what we we focus on in the class. So our philosophy is, is that a few bullet points covered really, really, really well is better than a lot of boring bullet points. So we encourage presenters to limit their content to no more than five bullet points. However, the number of points really depends primarily on the purpose of the presentation. If your purpose is to inform, then you may wanna have more bullet points and fewer of what we call the impact ideas. However, if your purpose is to entertain, and you need to cut back on the number of points in your presentation. So in, in these situations, you'll increase the number of, of those impact ideas. And if you want to persuade people, by the way, you're going to want to balance between the two. Just a few bullet points covered really well with some of those presentation enhancers, you're going to be much more persuasive. So, although some business presentations are designed to just entertain, these features are, are pretty rare. I mean, you get them at conventions, at the introduction to conventions and stuff like that, but um, but they're they're fairly rare. And they're the kind of thing that you don't have to have a lot of training or coaching to do very well because they're fairly simplistic. And although some presenters deliver very content-heavy presentations, they're pretty boring, right? right? So Typically, we don't try to teach people how to do boring presentations in our classes. We kind of show them how to make those boring presentations and make it more interesting. If you haven't yet downloaded the free guide at fearlesspresentations.com audio guide, this is a good time to do it because in this session, there is a diagram that explains how many bullet points to put into your presentation and based on the purpose of that presentation. And I'll kind of describe the diagram here, but it's better if you're kind of looking at it. So on the far left side of the chart are going to be presentations that are for entertainment or to generate an emotion. And the ones that are on the far right side are going to be presentations that are designed for knowledge or for content. So when you're looking at the chart, there are basically two interesting triangles. One triangle depicts the content. That's really the number of bullet points. And then the, uh, the other triangle represents the impact ideas or the entertainment value that you need for that presentation. And then in, in the middle, there's another triangle that, that occurs when those two overlap, and that's going to be the area in which we are most persuasive. That's where we have both entertainment and content And so as a result, the audience is going to be more willing to believe or, you know, we're going to be more persuasive to them. So if you're designing a lecture or a briefing, your audience really just wants content. Just give me the content fast so I can get out of here, right? Um, Entertainment isn't really a priority. However, if you're delivering a training session, which is the next notch over, then your audience wants content, but they don't want to be bored, right? They're, we're going to be there for an hour, two hours, whatever it is. So we want to make sure that it there, there's at least some entertainment value in there. Toward the middle, when we get to the balance, that's the that's where if you're trying to get your boss to make a, a purchase for something, trying to persuade your boss to buy something that's going to help the team then you need to have a balance between content and emotion. And if you're trying to motivate your team, you're one notch over, then the the content is important, but what you really want is emotion. You want them to feel the emotion of that presentation that you're making. And then finally, on on the far left side, that's where we're talking about the emotional types of presentations. So that'd be like a wedding toast or eulogy or a convention introduction, that kind of stuff. So in our presentation classes, and our coaching sessions, we tend to teach our students how to create and deliver fantastic three-point talks. And the main reason why we focus on that specific type of presentation or that number of bullet points is that it's typically more useful in the business world. So if you think about it, according to that chart, the three-point presentation is applicable for over 60% of all presentations just in general, and then specifically, the people who typically come to one of our classes not really looking for a way to learn how to do a lecture better. They're not really looking a lot of times to learn learn how to do a eulogy. They're they're wanting to be more persuasive, they're wanting to be able to deliver presentations in the in the business world. So a big chunk of the types of presentations that we typically deliver in The business world, so keynote speeches or breakout session speeches or persuasive speeches, sales presentations, all of those fall within the three to five bullet point kind of range, which is why we kind of focus on that in our our classes. But you can use that chart to determine the number of points that you need to create for your specific type of presentation. Once you've kind of identified the number, then go back and read your title, this great title that you just came up with. And when you read it out loud and just kind of think what would be the potential bullet points that I could cover in this presentation? When you ask yourself that question, just start making a list. It makes it really easy to come up with, with the content. For instance, if you're presenting about how we exceeded our corporate goals this quarter, what we, you would ask yourself, what were the most important things that we did to accomplish the, the, this goal in this quarter? And then list the answers out from the most important to the least important. And once you've got a really good list, you just use the three most important items as your main bullet points. If you're designing a three-point talk, you're delivering a five-point talk, you list the five most important items, and now you've created your outline for, for both of those types of presentations. So when folks are first introduced to this concept, by the way, they most often are kind of resistant to it. I mean, for some reason, this is one of those things that when you first hear about it, before you've actually experienced it and see how flexible this can be, most people kind of think, how in the world can my presentation be comprehensive if I cover so few bullet points? And the answer becomes really obvious after listing the possible points in the order of their importance. If you just list out the possible points, it doesn't work. But if you list them in the order of their importance, most important, second most important, third most important, fourth most important, it becomes so so much easier. So let's say that you end up with 10 potential points that you could cover. Most people typically stall out well before that. But let's just say that you're able to get 10 of the most important things that the audience needs to know about this topic. Um, that thing, if you when you compare number 10, the 10th one, the last one that you put down, the least important of the 10, and you compare that to the one that's in the top spot, the number one position, the level of importance doesn't even come close. In fact, when you look at the two, as far as the how important they are to the outcome that you're trying to get, there's a good chance that number 10 isn't even in the same postal code as number one. And, and if your audience is really only going to retain a small amount of what you cover, doesn't it make sense to only cover the things that are absolutely most important to them? And By the way, um, one of the things that will tend to happen here is that people will ask me, are there situations where speakers must cover more than five bullet points? And the answer to that question is, of course there are. I mean, that that happens every day. And the other thing that they'll ask is, can you create compelling presentations like this and still have your audience like the presentation? So if I have 13 points that I have to cover or or 20 points that I have to cover, 10 points that I have to cover, can I, if I'm a good speaker, can I deliver all of those bullet points? And at the end, the audience still like me and still like what I did. The answer is yes. You know, it depends on how good you are as a speaker. And it is more difficult. <laughs> but um, the, the spe- as the speaker, we need to manage our expectations in that kind of situation. So if we give the audience a long series of bullet points in a single sitting, the odds that they're going to remember uh, and understand everything that we've said is going to be very, very, very low. So, in situations like that, there are a few things that you can do to help increase the retention. So, like for instance, if you absolutely had to cover 10 bullet points and you really, really, really need the audience to understand and better be able to use those 10 bullet points, what could you do then? Well, the easiest thing that you could do is is basically just insert a break in between in the middle of the session. You cover five most important points, then take a short break, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. And then when the audience comes back, they're going to be more refreshed. They're going to be more willing to pay attention, especially if the first part of the presentation was really compelling. You did a really good job in that first part. When they come back from the break, they're going to be more willing to give you time to cover the additional things. So you'll increase the retention pretty dramatically just by inserting a break in there. So you want to use your break strategically. If you've got 20 things that you need to cover, there's a good chance that you probably want to cover those 20 things in a day long speech not a 20 minute speech in a day long speech you can spend a half day talking about number about the first five take a break cover the other the next five and take a lunch break Come back and cover the third five and then take another break. And then at the end, cover the final five before the, the end of the day. If you do that, by the way, I would put the least most important things, the way, reason why we're kind of organizing them the way that, we, that I'm suggesting where you start with the most important and with the least important, because the last thing that you cover in the day is the thing that's going to be most likely to go over their head. So just kind of keep that in mind. So once you've got a great title and you've got your bullet points identified, now the third part is you want to develop some compelling support for each one of those bullet points that you've created. That's going to make you more believable. Your audience is going to believe your content more if you follow this last strategy. So so basically what you want to do here is pretend like you're an attorney and you're making your case to the jury. Your main bullet points that we just designed are going to be statements that you're trying to prove. And once you make those statements, you have to prove to the jury that these statements are true. You've got to show the jury some evidence. So when you present, your audience is that jury. They they want to see the evidence. Now, luckily, we've got an easy way to give your audience some compelling evidence without you having to memorize a bunch of facts and figures. And it's actually going to help you reduce your nervousness significantly at the same time. And that's with the personal stories. That's why we've covered that in so much detail in the the previous sessions, because these stories are excellent evidence and they're quite compelling. I mean, everybody loves a story. So for instance, if you go back to the exceeding the corporate goals example that we talked about earlier, let's say that the most important thing that we did last quarter was to reach out to past customers who haven't bought from us in over a year. And in looking at the data, we can see that this accounted for an additional 20 sales throughout the, the quarter. And all we have to do now is see which of those 20 customers spent the most money with us. And then tell a story about how that sale came about. So the presenter could say something like, um, one of the ways that we generated additional revenue last quarter was to reach out to past customers who haven't bought from us in over a year. Um, Each of our sales reps were given a list of, of these customers at the beginning of the quarter. And those additional sales calls actually generated 20 new contracts for us during the quarter. The biggest, by the way, was from Hewlett Packard and then just kind of tell the story about what happened with the HP contract. So really quick and really easy way to prove that that bullet point is true. Now, something interesting happens when you use this particular technique because when a presenter does this, the audience creates an interesting assumption in their brain, in their mind. They assume that if the speaker can tell an an interesting story about that single contract, that there are probably 19 other stories just like it that are also similar to it. And so it works really, really well as a way to kind of give you proof to, to the audience that, that evidence that the audience is really kind of looking for. Now, one of the things that uh, will tend to kind of come up here is people will kind of say, well, what about statistics? Do they work as well as stories? And they can be effective. Statistics can also be very, very effective, but When you use statistics as your proof, you want to be very, very careful. The reason why you want to be very careful with statistics is that statistics in and of themselves are really, really boring. However, stories can help you here too, because if you come across a statistic that helps you make your point, all you really have to do is tell your audience where you got that statistic from, and now the statistic becomes an example, a story. You could just say something like most speakers do and just quote a vague statistic, and it would sound something like, surveys show that over 70% of people experience public speaking fear. And if I'm in rapport with you, if you when you came to this presentation, you're kind of into it and you like me and you like the topic that I'm presenting on, there's a good chance that if you hear that, you'll kind of believe me. However, if you're like most people, when you come to a presentation, you're like, I don't even want to be here. This is not what I want. And somebody quotes a statistic like that, then you're most likely going to be more skeptical. You're going to probably think in your head something like, really? What surveys? Where'd you get that information from? Right. You're going to be way more judgmental about that. However, if you explain where the statistic came from, it becomes a compelling story. You could say something like, hey, by the way, when I was preparing for the speech, I did a quick just a quick Google search to find out what percentage of people experience public speaking fear. And four of the top five listings that came back on the first page of Google stated that between 73 percent and 79 percent of the population have some type of public speaking fear. By the way, just by saying that, what I've said now becomes verifiable because anybody in the audience can pull out their cell phone, go to Google, type in that to to see what that percentage is and verify that what I've said is true. And it really only takes a couple of additional seconds to turn that statistic into a story. And the results are way, way, way more compelling. When people find the information on their own, they're more likely to believe it. Uh, by the way, a testimony of the of an expert can also add a great deal of credibility to your message. Um, you can insert a quote from an expert, if you like, however, and we'll talk about that in one of the future lessons. However, you can use the same idea that we use for the statistic and turn your expert testimony into a story as well. Going back to the analogy where you were you're an attorney and you're presenting your case to a jury. According to Cordell and Cordell, a famous law firm, they say as many as 50% of all court cases utilize an expert in some capacity. Furthermore, surveys of judges have demonstrated that judges regard expert testimony as very influential in their ultimate decision, particularly when the court appoints the expert, end quote. Um, If this type of support can influence a judge, it might be a great way to actually influence the people we're speaking to as well. So just like with the statistic, just tell the audience where this expert opinion came from. Tell them about the white paper or the book that you read. That way, you don't have to actually be the expert on that white paper. You just have to be able to explain what you believe the white paper said, (laughs) you'll be less likely to get tough questions about the details of the the data or the, the white paper if you do it this way versus pulling the data from the white paper. All right. So how do you deliver this great talk to inform? We've got a good topic. We've got our bullet points. We've got some compelling evidence. Now, how do we turn this into a compelling speech? Well, it's actually pretty dang easy. You start by giving your audience an overview of the presentation, and you can easily do this by just reading your title and three points to the audience. You can say something really simple like, in this session, my topic is, and then you just read your title. And you can say, and the three things I'm going to cover are, or four things or five things, depending on how many bullet points you have, and then just read your actual bullet points. Great overview, gives you a really good way to introduce your your content. Really, really, really easy. Then just cover each one of the bullet points one at a time and give your audience some evidence to prove it. So you read bullet point number one, give them some evidence. Read bullet point number two, give them some evidence. Read bullet point number three, give them some evidence. You do the same thing over and over again until you get to the the final bullet point. And then finally, if you want to ensure that your main bullet points are remembered, it might be a good idea to end with a quick little summary. And the best and easiest way to summarize it is just to reiterate your bullet points one more time to refresh the memory of your audience. By the way, when you do this, your audience is getting to hear each of those main points multiple times during the presentation, You're also seeing each of the bullet points multiple times on your visual aids. That's going to allow your audience to retain more of the content once you finish speaking. In fact, Zig Ziglar was a famous motivational speaker for the last couple of decades. He used to say that if you want to give a great presentation, you got to tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell them and then tell them what you told them. So basically, give them an overview at the beginning of the talk, give them the content, and then summarize the, the content at the end. So in summary, the three main steps to giving a great talk to inform are, first, to start with a great title, and that's going to help you quickly capture the attention of the audience. And then number two, if you want to be more concise, limit your content to just the absolute most important points And then finally, develop compelling support for each bullet point that's going to make you more believable. So the action item for this particular session is I would encourage you to go to fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide Because there's a lot of blanks to fill in if you want to create a really compelling speech. It's much easier to do that with the guide. And in fact, we've made it very simple. Just fill in the blank. It's going to ask you some questions, fill in the blank. At the end, you've got a very compelling speech created. In addition to the guide, one quick suggestion that I would make here, because one of the hardest things to teach about public speaking is that less is more. And and at this point, you might be thinking, there's a good chance that quite a few of you listening are thinking something like, but that's not the way that we design presentations at my company, Doug. And my response to this type of thinking is exactly. That's why most business presentations are boring, and that's why most of them are overwhelming. The human brain isn't designed to receive information in hundreds of bullet points. So if you want to see how this process works in real life, I'd encourage you to attend one of the sessions of Fearless Presentations. The class is offered in major cities all over, the, all over the world every few months. So if you're not sure if the class will actually work for you, it's really simple. Just call our 800 number, 800-975-6151. That's 800-975-6151. And just ask if you can audit one of the sessions. If space is available, you'll be able to kind of see how powerful this well-designed presentation can can really be. So thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to download the guide. It's free, fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide. And we'll put links in the show. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.